Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. Thank you for listening to Against the Match Wrestling Podcast with your host, me, the Kentucky Guy. This podcast is all about pro wrestling, all different promotions and formats, past, present, and future. I myself, the Kentucky Guy, have been watching wrestling for over 25 years, and I still find, even today, that they are the best escape out there. We do drop episodes on this show every Monday and Friday. Okay, enough about me. Let's get to this week's show. Welcome back to Against the Mad Wrestling Podcast. Hey, I'm one of your hosts, the Kentucky Guy. Glad to see and talk to everybody uh, this beautiful Monday morning. Thank you, thank you. Uh, also very excited because I have my brand new co-host with me today. Uh, yes, he will be the co-host of every Monday episode as long as uh, schedules don't conflict. And that is uh, Mr. Christian Reeve. How you doing, sir? I'm doing very well, thank you, Joe. Thank you for having me. Yeah, very excited to finally do this. Um, it's been a long time coming that I've been wanting to do a wrestling podcast with someone, and um, it's finally happened. So it's kind of a dream come true, really. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, and I have too. And uh, we got I got such good feedback the last time you were on the show. Uh, oh wow. Yeah, uh, amazingly, uh, and I tell you what, these fans, <laughs> well, I say amazingly because <laughs> <laughs> he expected me to be terrible. He's like, oh, I don't, I don't know about this. No, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, normally it's very hard to get fans to, uh, to send emails or anyone oh. that listeners to send emails. And, oh, wow. uh, one thing that I've created with this group, I actually started it on the other podcast, the, um, uh, red pill current news podcast is i wanted to build more like a family atmosphere so i've actually got these guys uh to where they'll answer emails and, and send emails one thing i do do is uh i just said do do by the way uh hey. <laughs> uh 
uh, one thing that I do is uh, I respond to all emails and I keep their addresses because I want that one-on-one relationship. But yeah, I got uh, probably 20 emails uh, you know, saying, saying how good of a job that you've, uh, you were on the last show uh, that you were on. So I thought that was amazing. And so I reached out to you, wanted to see if you wanted to make a full-time gig and uh, you did. And I'm happy you're here. Wow, you for real? I'm flattered. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. We've got a really good crew, man. Uh, uh, Diehard die wrestling fans and sports fans, and uh, and uh, you know, I can't thank them enough for the growth of the new podcast. But uh, enough about us. I know you guys want to hear about the Forbidden Door. Was yes. the uh, main attraction this weekend? Uh, Christian, I'm gonna turn it over to you. you go ahead and give us your thoughts if you'd like. Uh, I'm gonna say right off the bat because. I was hoping to have had watched the full show just before I come on, came on, and uh, I skipped through. I know, I know the results of the final two matches, but I, basically, I saw about let's say three quarters of the show, and uh, skipped through certain ones that I didn't want to see. Um, just as you, you kind of know how, where where I'm at with regards to wrestling and and what I like, and what I don't like from from the last show. But if, if you haven't checked that out already, I, I recommend you guys go check that out. Um, Hmm. What can I say? I felt like there was way too much tag team wrestling, um, and I'm okay with tag team wrestling depending on who's who's performing. But I I don't know about you guys, but I I can't stand trios tag matches. To me, trios and four man tags that's just like you know let's just throw a bunch of people together to get them on the card. I mean, the only time really? I uh, yeah, like the only time I ever really like it is if it's like. Um, Survivor Series and there's like some stakes at play, something interesting um, I, I do like the kind of the gimmick style things when they're trying to do something ambitious, like you know I wasn't a massive, massive fan of um, I think it was the first Blood and Guts wasn't it, where they did the f- uh, eight man, yeah, right it was ambitious and I liked that they tried something different um, but when it's just a standard match I kid you not, it's just it's one big spot fest and like I said on the previous show, like I'm really into like more the psychology of things and moves meaning something. And th- to me, it's just like, it's like Jim Cornette always says, it's just some giant like gymnastics routine and I can't really get into it. And I know that like, some people are going to hate me for those opinions, but that's just how I feel. Yeah. Um, me personally, <laughs> I thought the first match was awesome. <laughs> I, yeah. I really enjoyed that. I've been a Chris Jericho fan for a very long time. And mm. I, I, you know, and this is where we differ, and that's fine. Um, I do like the big battles. Um, okay. I like the I like the idea of uh, four guys going at it at one time, bringing out the kendo sticks. I mean, let's have it. I miss the old okay. uh, ECW days. Back up, back up a second. See, you're still talking about gimmick stuff, you know? Like, and I said the same thing. Like, for instance, Stadium Stampede. Great. There's lots of things you can do with that. I'm just talking a straight-up match in the ring because that that jericho match what did it devolve into it devolved into a brawl outside the ring and actually several of those tag matches devolved into a brawl out of the ring literally i think the first three matches possibly i can't remember exactly but the first three matches everything's outside of the ring and it's just like yeah it's like (laughs) swatching the same match three times in a row i I, I don't know like my you want to know my thoughts on this this pay-per-view i'll give them to you i think that this was if you're a fan of Japanese wrestling, then this is definitely a show for you. And I've got nothing against Japanese wrestling. I like the presentation, uh, but I've just never personally got into it. 
Um, I, I do. There's certain wrestlers I do like. I like like Will Ospreay and and Okada and wrestlers like that. Um, obviously, you know that I'm not a big fan of people like Omega. But if, to me, it, wrestlers that pay a lot of attention to their craft and making things mean something, like Danielson, for example. Uh, they're a joy to watch and they can have a fast paced match. They can have those high spots, but they don't do them every single second, you know, like, like the young bucks. Sorry to sound like a broken record, but when you see a lot of those tag matches, it's a bit frustrating. That's why it's awesome to watch, um, say like FTR wrestle because they'll slow it down a bit. They'll take, the, you know, they'll take the fools on, um, from the big teams, from the, uh, the high flying teams, but they'll also slow it down and make it a bit more methodical and, that's ironically makes those high spots better and makes that fast paced action better, you know, and I've seen so many ma good matches over the years from different promotions where they've done that formula and it's worked. But then I've also seen a lot of matches where it's, you know, just, 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 just yeah. Well, it's like anything, isn't it? Look, I, wrestling, wrestling comes from the circus originally from the carnival. And it's always been, you know, a series of different styles. And, and that's fine. You know, I, I'm not saying that high-flying cruiserweight style wrestling is bad at all. Far from it. I've seen, I've even seen good, uh, you know, Bucks matches before. <laughs> it's just not many. <laughs> um, and, you know, I am more into the technical stuff. I am more into the storytelling aspect. But I think story is very important. You know, it's you need stakes. You need to care about these two people. There needs to be something to it. Sometimes you can have a straight up match, like uh, Claudio returning, formerly Cesaro versus uh, Zack Sabre Jr. That works because it's. But there is still a story there. The story is Claudio is coming back. There was a secret. Um, you know, uh, he, he's he's the secret. He's the surprise. Obviously, he's part of the Blackpool Combat Club now, but that's, you know, that's another story they're telling. Even if he hadn't have been part of that, you still would have had like a tangible story there, a return, which is always going to be momentous. It's a debut as well. There's lots of different elements to it. But um, sometimes you can, yeah, you can just have a straight wrestling match and it will be good. But a lot of the reason why it's good is that they tell the story in the ring. Even if it's just bare bones, okay, I'm the good guy, you're the bad guy. You know, I mean, I've seen, for instance, CM Punk matches where, I mean, he did it recently with, who did he do it with? Where he, he sort of pushed heel. I think it was with Kingston. He pushed heel yes. a bit more. Yes. And, it, and it made sense because Kingston has been hugely over as, as a sort of a major baby face in yeah, AEW like programming. Fair enough. Hey, I, I, fair I, don't, I, don't, I don't think Kingston is a, I just. I don't think he's a very good wrestler. Uh, <laughs> just, just my opinion. And I know there's okay. a lot of people out there that will disagree with that because um, he's so over right now in AEW. But uh, I just, uh, I think they're being a dead horse there. I can never see him as champion, any belt, or mm. even tag team champions. I just don't see that in his future. To me, he doesn't need to be. He's one of those guys that doesn't need to be world heavyweight champion. For me... The, the money in Kingston is in the promos and he can sell you anything, you know, any match. Care. Yeah, he can make you care. And that's important. You need people like that. You know, Samoa Joe is another one who, who, who has that ability. Uh, Punk again, you know, Danielson. There's a lot of wrestlers on that roster and WWE as well that, that can talk you into a match and make you care. Kevin Owens. 
He's very yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, oh, one of the best. One of the. I mean, his his storyline with Ezekiel right now is low key probably the best thing on Raw right now. Like, I mean, and, Raw and I is hard to stomach, but and I yeah, shouldn't that's... like it. The Kevin, the Kevin Owens and Ezekiel and Elias thing. I should. I really shouldn't. I shouldn't like it, but I, I I'm drawn to it. I can't wait to see what happens next. I don't know I why. Think, I think the reason why it's good is because. Owens is just running with it. Like, it's a stupid, ridiculous storyline in the sense that we all know what the deal... Like, sometimes those are the better storylines. Yeah, it's not the first time there's been a kooky, silly storyline. And that's fine. That's part of wrestling, too. You know, like, I'll give you a, a good example. In, in the match with uh, Pac and, um, and uh, Malachi Black, there was a spot where Pac is on the floor with his arms being pulled in two different directions. And one of... Uh, Malachi Black has, has one arm and uh, Miro has the other and they're sort of pulling each direction and looking at each other and kind of annoyed and I just sat there thinking like this is wrestling this is the fun stuff about wrestling and this whole storyline with with Kevin Owens is all about that like it's all about him yeah the stuff with um Ezekiel you know pretending that you know he's got a he's actually a different person to Elias even though we know the truth it's yeah okay we all know what's going on but Kevin Owens is just selling it by just getting so emotionally invested in it so and 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 you know and it's kind of funny because in a way in universe you could argue that okay uh all the rest of the roster don't actually know but I actually think that what is happening is they're all they all know they're all in on it they know the deal they just want to wind up kevin owens because it's funny uh, like for instance the first time when champa just node sold it he was like oh no that's ezekiel and he, owens is just like what because and it's brilliant because champa is a serious guy serious wrestler so like when he's saying that every, owens is just like ripping his hair out like oh my god oh my god you know it's brilliant and then they had uh elias on there and you could tell that beard was fake <laughs> <laughs> they did a good job I'll, I'll, be, I'll say this much, right? Because Ezekiel's hair is, is shorter. Uh, sorry, Elias's hair is shorter than it used to be. Um, they really look like, apart from the fake beard, it, you know, is Elias, you know? Um, it was cool. You know, it was fun the way they did it. We, we all know the deal. We all know what's going on. But... If they would have had both of them in the ring, I would have freaked out <laughs> at the same yeah. time. Well, I mean, a lot of people thought that it was going to be, you know, Damien Sandow, didn't they? Just come back. And I reckon that I reckon that's where that's heading. I reckon Sandow will do a one-off. He, he won't be like integral. He'll do like a one-off, maybe one match, something like that. Uh, as part you're of the storyline. Damien Sandow? Yes. Now, he's yeah. retired. They'd have to get him back out of retirement. Yeah, but, but come on. We all know wrestling t retirements don't mean anything. Come on. I mean, and plus it's WWE, right? So... I mean, how many times did Terry Funk retire? Come on. Right. <laughs> I mean, Ric Flair. Ric Flair is having another final match. Yes, he is. Did you see that press conference? Uh, no, but I did see a recent image where his face was all busted up. And I was like, what? Is the, has the match already happened? And they're just like, no, it's actually just a lot of training or something. It's uh, July 6th is the match. Um, and that, uh, here's the thing. Here's what I got from that hour press conference that I sat down and watched. Nothing. No, <laughs> still, still no idea who his opponent is. Nothing. Who do you reckon it will be? So the rumor has been for a long time that it's going to be Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Nah, he already mixed it. The Ricky, said Ricky no. the Dragon Steamboat, sixty-nine years old. Mm. I can't see it. If you remember, if you think back a couple months ago, Ric Flair and his good friend Jay Lethal uh, had a falling out, and I think oh. it might be Jay Lethal. So. 
Oh, you think they're working it then? I, I do. Uh, Jay Lethal. Okay. Have you ever seen Jay, Luth Jay Lethal do the Ric Flair impression? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, he's amazing at it. And uh, I, I think that would, I, that's the only way, unless you're going to give him a title shot. Uh, Mark, Matt Cardona offered him uh, a title shot for the NWA Heavyweight <laughs> Championship. Unless you're going to try to make him 17-time champion, it's got to be Jay Lethal, right? Or somebody imagine, from his past. Imagine if they did that, just to like give, flip off WWE. Like, no, he's the true champion. <laughs> well, uh, what's weird is, is if he does that, um, now you have John, John Cena, who is tied with him, is actually mm -hmm. celebrating his 20 years on Raw tonight. So who he knows is. where they're going with this. They're probably setting up the match with uh, Theory, aren't they, tonight, hopefully. I, I would assume so, uh, because, uh, you know, at first I thought it was going to be, he was going to call out Roman Reigns again at like, oh, God. no, then, no, then Brock Lesnar shows up. So we know what match that's going to be. Right. I, I, I truly believe that the only reason they're going with Lesnar is because Cody's hurt. I think the plan was always to get the belt off Reigns because we know, we know that Reigns was going to go part-time. He already technically has, but we know Hollywood. he would. Yep. Right, exactly. Um, so you need to get the belt off him. They might actually just give it to Lesnar, you know, which would suck in the sense that Reigns has had it so, for so long. And, you know, ideally you want to beat a champion that's been champion for so long with someone where it means something, build a guy. Um, they need Lesnar, to put him up. Split the belts back up. Right. But to be fair, I mean, who... And this is the problem with WWE. Like, who else is at that level? Like, they've... they've you know, they, they laugh and joke, like, in the promos. Like, oh, there's no one for me to face. And it's like, yeah, that's true. There isn't. It's just Lesnar. Right. And, I'd, I'd like I to mean, see Lesnar win the belt uh, from Roman Reigns and then say, here, I don't want this universal belt. And maybe Bobby Lashley picks it up or something. You know what I mean? Something of that nature. They've got to split them back up. I think they're seeing it in their ratings. I just don't know how they're going to do it. See, the problem with that, I agree, but the problem with that is that it devalues whichever championship he does that to. It's definitely not going to be... He's not going to do that to the WWE championship because that's the, you know... Whatever they say, even though they build up the Universal one, the only reason why it's been built up in that way is because it happens to be tied to SmackDown and it happens to be that when uh, Reigns won it, he was on SmackDown, yeah. I think, at the time. They wanted to build SmackDown with Reigns, and it was the right decision. Um, but, you know, that, that belt is never going to be as big as the WWE belt because it's the WWE belt. Think about the lineage, do you know what I mean? Like They've, they've made some questionable title changes over the last sort of 10 years um, where I feel like they didn't, they never really went with certain people. Like the Jinder Mahal thing, for example, was, was shocking. Um, I was all for it, to be honest. I was like, yeah, do you know what? Let's, let's do something different. Why not? And in the end, it kind of flopped, but I don't, I think they should have gone a bit longer with it. Maybe gave it a bit more of a chance. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I felt like they didn't really give Big E a chance. Big E didn't have the title long enough. I thought Ginger Mahal held it way too long. Uh, he had his little cronies out there. He's held the title twice. And uh, the second time, I didn't think anybody was going to beat this guy. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, yeah, Big E definitely, uh, he deserves another chance. Uh, getting back to the Forbidden Door, 
So uh, mm. the new AEW champion, John Moxley. What do you what do you think about that? Um. Well, it's kind of like what I said on the last show. Um, he's not the world champion. He's the interim champion, which doesn't mean anything. <laughs> all it means John is that we're seeing Punk go at it. Is all it's going to mean. Which that that hey that would be a great match, sure. But we're pretty much just doing something for a visual there. Um, it doesn't. It would have made more sense if Punk had relinquished the belt, which would have sucked. But at least then. What is the what? I'm sorry. What is the point of having an interim belt? There is none because it doesn't mean anything. As soon right. as Punk comes back, you've got to defend it anyways and have the opportunity of losing it against. And and, and 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 that's the thing. Like, think about this for a second. They've gone to the truck. They've done this twice now. They did this with the TNT belt, and now they're doing this with the World Championship belt. And they went to the trouble of recreate, like making another belt. Which okay, fine, whatever. You know, they make loads of versions. Great. But they went to the trouble of making another belt just so they can do this match later on when Punk is, is not hurt anymore. It would have just made sense to relinquish it. It's fine. He's going to come back, you know, and in the meantime, you have someone else be champion. What's the problem? You know, unless they want to recreate the, the whole Summer of Punk thing. But the reason that was a different storyline. In storyline, he went away and he forced WWE's hand to then make a new champion, to crown a new champion. Whereas this instance, yeah, they're being forced to create a new champion, um, but it's with an interim champ. Like, if you just think about this from the in-universe perspective, and again, I kind of reiterate what I said in the last show, but why would, why would they care? You know, again, I go back to what I said before. Wardlow essentially just dumped on the idea. He was like, in storyline, they told him to say that. He's like, why would I go? Why would I go for the interim belt when I could just wait for Punk to come back? And I'm like, yeah. Why are any of them going for that? Because <laughs> like, is just as far over right now as Punk is. What does that no. mean? Does that mean that they're all dumb except for Ward? Like in in storyline, are they all d- dumb? But Wardlow's like just really intelligent and's gone. Hang on a minute. If I hang on, I just won't go for it. I'll just oh wait. I'll wait for Punk. Yeah, I'll just sit on the sidelines, beat a couple of guys on dark. Champion. Yeah. Which, which again, devalues, lessens the championship. Um, I wonder but, but, if that okay, was okay. Oh, yeah. Well, n- nothing goes on that television without um, yeah, Tony Say So. Sometimes the characters break their script, you know what I mean? And, yeah, uh, but, but you, can normally, you can normally tell nothing, nothing especially on... For example, there were there were people saying like on Twitter when MJF did his last promo, like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they let him say that." It's like, come on, man, you've been watching wrestling long enough. Everyone knows the fix is in, the workers. Everyone knows what's up. Come on, you know he hasn't been back at all. He's still yeah. not on the he's still not on the roster, and he's still that's what, his uh, memorable bit like his figures and that are still that's by design. That's oh, all by know. design. I got you. I I'm mean, just look. Saying, the, I'll take it back. If he just randomly sits until, what is it, 2024, and you don't see him until 2024, and then he just leaves and joins WWE, I'll take it all back. But I'd be stunned if that was the case, because that wouldn't be preferable for MJF. As, from a business standpoint, that would be terrible to sit home. 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, he'd get paid, but he's he's a wrestler. He loves wrestling. So why would he want to sit home for two two years? It's a work. The whole thing's a work. There's elements to it that are obviously real. There's disagreement, whatever. I mean, from what I heard initially, um, I think this was covered on Wrestling Observer as well. Um, basically, the deal that MJF signed when he joined AEW, he was still on like two years later or three years later. Like he, he signed a contract extent or an update to, to the contract, maybe like last year or the year before, something like that. When he started getting hot after the Jericho feud, and quite rightly, you know, he should have got that update. But there are other people earning more than him who wrestle less or maybe don't exactly have the funfair or fanfare, sorry, or rating. He's, he's the hottest possibly. thing in AEW as far as promos. He's the best. It's arguable, yeah. Oh, definitely the best guy on the mic. For sure, but um, uh, from promos, not the best wrestler, but the best on promos. Absolutely. He doesn't need to be. That's the thing. Like, I mean, going back to what we were talking about with Kingston, I mean, I it depends what you define as what a good wrestler is, you know? Because I think there is, I mean, the, the Miz, not a great in ring performer, but amazing on the mic, brilliant on the mic. Yeah, MJF, MJF's a pretty decent in ring wrestler. He's not stunning, but he's he wrestles like a proper heel. He's better and, than Miz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hard to find a rock, somebody with the charisma and the ability. I know what you're saying, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, well, even The Rock, even The Rock wasn't that good in the <gasps> ring. No, I said it. Go back and watch it from, like, a technical standpoint or a wrestling. Like, he, he, he had the speed. He... <laughs> He he knew how to wrestle. Don't get me wrong. He knew how to wrestle. Maybe maybe it's more that he chose a specific style, you know, a la Hulk Hogan, because Hogan could wrestle. I'm not saying The Rock can't wrestle. What I'm saying is that the move set that he chose was very limited, but that was kind of the point. Especially back then, a lot of those wrestlers back then had a very specific move set. Look at them: Austin, Triple H, The Rock. They all had. A specific move set for them, right? And they wouldn't deviate much out of that. You know, not like I mean, okay, fair enough. The Undertaker had a longer career, but Undertaker and Triple H went arguably as long as each other. Also, I know Triple H wrestled less and less and less, but Undertaker kept adding to his arsenal. He kept changing, changing it up every year or so. You know, um, and there's rest there's certain wrestlers that do that, and then there's other wrestlers that don't. And it doesn't need to to be that way you know what i mean like the rock never needed to uh do lots of fancy pantsy moves you know it was more about the charisma and and the speed of the matches and the fanfare and it's just a certain type of wrestling yeah he's uh i mean he's in my top four so <clears throat> you stuck a knife right here in my heart uh i love <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love the guy like i i would honestly say he's 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 definitely up there like top at least top 10 in, yeah, he, in my view, but and you know uh, he's um, and I'm talking about the Young Rock, I guess. You know what I mean? When he first came, I watched him when he first started with the Nation of Domination. Sure. Uh, and he tried that little gimmick before then, and it <laughs> it just didn't work. Uh, but you know, I'm a big fan of the whole Attitude Era. But mm. in, in what you're talking about, uh, John Cena comes to mind because he's yeah. done the exact same thing, and he was the face of the mm -hmm. company for 20 years. You know. Yeah, that, that spot, you don't need to be, like, an outstanding wrestler, you know? 
I think a lot of the time when people think of like amazing wrestlers, they're thinking technical. They're thinking like your Bret Hart, your Shawn Michaels. And yeah, that's perfectly valid. But that's wrestling is a lot of different things. E- even the stuff that I, I don't like so much these days, like the high flying stuff where it's, you know, they're going over the top, over the top, over the top all the time. M- my problem is not, as I said before, the fact that they have a different wrestling style. I mean, it's, it's just preference at that point. You know, there's people that prefer different styles there's people that love tag team matches there's people that hate tag team matches there's people that love you know the high flying stuff there's people that love the technical stuff you know i'm more technical and in-ring psychology that's more what i like yeah a lot um, of people like roman reigns and i think he's one of the worst wrestlers ever so <laughs> i think we've discussed this before <laughs> worst, worst wrestlers ever that's been over hey what i want us to do real quick <laughs> is uh christian before our next show i want you to write down uh and i'm going to do it as well your 10 favorite wrestlers and then write down your 10 worst wrestlers that actually got over that actually got over and i'm going to do the same because i got a feeling that there might be quite a bit of similarity but some difference as well so and we'll do that before the next show that gives the audience something to look forward to uh, we'll so, do we're, it. so we're both going to compare our notes on our 10 favorite wrestlers and our ter- and our 10 worst wrestlers that actually got over. I mean, you can't pick like Doink the Clown. <laughs> it's he, he, was, he wasn't bad. Doink the Clown, well, when it was Matt Ball, and it wasn't that yeah. bad. Yeah, but he didn't really get over, get over, you know what I mean? So. Sure he did. We were about Doink <laughs> the Clown was over. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe he's a bad example. You can't how, how over we how over are we talking? <laughs> Just over with the crowd. You know what I mean? He was uh, a, a lot crowd. of bad wrestlers. There's been a lot of bad wrestlers that actually got over with the crowd. You know what I'm saying? I've already got uh, a few in my head just from some yeah, thinking. Yeah. <laughs> the top of the list. <laughs> no, he is a good wrestler. It's just it's it's this it's repetitive. You know, Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. did it, John Cena did it. It does it uh, Roman Reigns does it there, there'll be people afterwards that'll do it you know yeah, Stone Cold Steve Austin one of the best wrestlers yeah. out there did it but uh, he made it work you know do you know you loved him it, if he was a heel and you loved him if he was a baby face the reason why it worked with Austin was that I don't think anyone necessarily was watching Austin matches to have like an amazing spectacle of a wrestling match it was more about his intensity his badass nature, his in-ring psychology, like the timing of things. He had great timing. He knew when to do certain things. He knew, I would have wagered that he knew he probably called a lot of stuff in the ring on the fly based on the, like feeling the crowd or he feeling made, he the made moment. You care. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah he's like, he's, Kevin Owens is, you can see, I was so happy with that match during uh, WrestleMania between him and Stone Cold because they remind me a lot of each other, a lot of each other. So, I, th- I think that was an excellent choice. When I heard that Owens was going to be wrestling him or, you know, doing, it was quite clear it was going to be a wrestling match. Um, I think it was brilliant. I thought that whole setup was exceptionally done. Yep, that absolutely. whole WrestleMania was good, to be honest. Um, it was a return to form. I mean, WWE is... Very up, down, here, left, right, center. You know, it's all over the bloody shop. But um, they get it right. When they get it right, they really get it right. You know, yeah, and WrestleMania, yeah, this year was was exceptional. Um, yeah. Especially we when have Blood think- and Guts Wednesday on Dynamite. That should be that should be pretty good. 
it'd be interesting. I don't know. Like these, these, it'll be, it'll be in sort of like pay-per-view style, won't it? Cause it's weird. Like I'm, I'm getting less and less infused with, with just TV wrestling now. And this accounts for both WWE and AEW. Uh, but I always look forward to the pay-per-views because I always, I've noticed there's a significant step up in what they present. You know, a lot of the time when you're following TV product, you're just following it for storyline and maybe you get a few good little matches here and there, but you know, they're designed on purpose to kind of sell the pay-per-view really, or to further something, you know, it's not really like, Oh, we're going to go out there and have an exhibition. They try and do it. They do it with like rampage a little bit, but I don't know. Rampage just feels like endless tag matches. I can't, <laughs> I can't do it. I, I try. I really try. I, and I really try and give it a go, but then I'm just like, Nope, can't do it. <laughs> Yeah, so all in all, I thought Forbidden Door was uh, actually pretty good. Uh, your thoughts, Christian, on the overall show? Um, I actually felt a bit differently. I felt that, and again, it comes down to the type of wrestling that I like. I, As you know, I like the more storytelling, the, the technical wrestling. I felt like the the two matches that really stood out for me, weirdly, um, well, not weirdly. The, the the match that stood out the most to me was the Transatlantic Championship match. For some reason, I just thought that was really well put together and entertaining and, and the crowd was really into it and stuff. And it's not to say that they weren't into other things, but it just felt more like a, a the type of match that I tend to enjoy. Um, And there was just more little fun wrestling t- moments in there, like the one I sort of described earlier. Um, the moment with Claudio coming out, uh, it made sense. I think everybody knew at this point that he was the logical kind of next member. It was, it was about that, time, that, right? Um, yeah, it makes sense. Um, I think it's, I mean, I remember Jim Cornette a while back saying that it, it's a good idea for Cesaro to, uh, sorry, Claudio to, um, to take a break from wrestling. Um, you know, it's that old expression that he always uses. Uh, I'm a big Cornet fan, by the way. If it wasn't obvious before, now it is. Um, I can tell. <laughs> how can I love you? <laughs> it's like, how can I love you if you won't go away? Um, I, uh, by the way, I don't agree with like everything that Cornet says, but I agree with probably like eighty percent of it. Um, and I, I definitely agree with what he says when it comes to things hurting the business in certain shapes and forms. I feel like with this pay-per-view, a lot of it is pure. Like if you're, if you're really into your Japanese wrestling and spots, you love spots. That's your thing. You love just endless performance, but no like story or stakes or anything like that. Then this is the show for you. But really, honestly, I, I wasn't really as impressed. I was I was looking forward to it. There were some really good matches on this on this show. Um, I think it was worth it just to see um, Claudio and to see the transatlantic match. Uh, the women's championship match was good with Thunder Rosa and um, uh, Tony Storm. That was really good stuff. Who, who won but, that uh, match? Uh, to be honest, because I don't watch the female Thunder, wrestling hardly. Th- Thunder Rosa. Uh, yeah, me neither. I'm kind of picky when it comes to the women's wrestling because some some women's wrestlers are really good, and then sometimes they're not so good. Um, they're much more polished in WWE. There's more of I feel like more of a stronger 
women's division there and there's a, a lot more I would say let me put it this way I see a lot more mistakes in AEW in the women's wrestling division than I do in WWE right. um, then again my there are a lot is... of veterans on the WWE roster mm-hmm. absolutely oh. my, my thing is is I guess the reason why I never really cared uh, for female wrestling is because it, it was never really a focus. Uh, either brand has ever really concentrated on it and to actually make me care. So, oh, my... I hard disagree with that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. If it's not your thing, it's not your thing. I mean, I've I've made it clear that I'm not a big fan of you know, high fly, flippy dippy stuff, generally speaking. Uh, it's not to say I don't enjoy it at all, but, you know, that's my thing that I don't like. If you don't like women's wrestling, there's people that agree with you in that. Um, and and having that opinion is is not like a bad opinion. But what I will say is your point about there not being a focus from WWE or AEW, hard disagree with that. I mean, come on, the main event of WWE, come on, I keep bloody name dropping their name. WWE, WWE, I sound like Michael Cole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> main, main event of WrestleMania 35 was a women's match, you know? And... Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. Brilliant. I just you know, there's been, there's been know. some Hey, hey, dude, if if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. But what I will say is there are definitely great, very good female wrestlers out there that are worth watching. Um but I think the problem is there are a lot that aren't I I would say polished is the word. So it's not that they're like take um here's a good example of someone they built well. Jade Cargill is someone in AEW that they built very well. And when she started, she was what the wrestling insiders call like green. Like she'd, and she was, she was an athlete. She, as far as I'm aware, she'd never been a wrestler before that. Um, and she's training just like everyone else. And, you know, you can tell when someone's new to the industry that they're going to be like, you know, a bit rough around the edges, maybe not as polished. But in that time where she's accumulated all that, all those wins and they've presented her as like this big threat that can't be beaten. They've done a good job and she's gotten a lot better in the ring, you know? Um, yeah, she, she has. And uh, they, they have done a good job. Your best female wrestler, in my opinion, is right now a free agent. And that's uh, Sasha Banks. Go on. Ooh, definitely personality wise, promo wise, she's, she's up there. Yeah, I mean, she she yeah, I agree. She, it, she's a star wherever she goes. Doesn't matter if she's in wrestling or Hollywood. Like she'll, she's just that sort of person that is just money, <laughs> you know. Um, and she'll transcend the business at some point. The the weird thing about Sasha Banks though is that like, I feel like WWE doesn't quite recognize what they'd be losing if they let her go, like. It's, and it's weird because she, by all intents and purposes, should be like your top four people that you move with. And she has been presented as such in the past, but they're sort of transitioning with other people in WWE at the moment. Um, and some of them make sense, you know, like your Rhea Ripley's and Charlotte's always going to be at the top and uh, Becky Lynch. And thank God they did. They finally got it right with, um, with, um, oh God, uh, the athlete, the, uh Belang- Bianca, Bianca 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 Blair. Sorry, Blair. Sorry, yeah yeah see, see what i mean like that that women's division right there just those four or five dames right there 
solid stuff. They're trying to build up other people. Uh, trying to build up Liv Morgan at the moment. Um, and it's, you know, it's there. There's something there. Uh, she's getting better and better and better and better. I think they do they do well. They really get personalities down well in WWE when it's certainly when it comes to the women's division. Like I feel like in AEW, there's a few here and there that are interesting. Serena Deeb is a really, really good wrestler. Um, oh, Nyla Rose is interesting, but I don't feel that like they ever really present her in the right way. Like they I, have I, done I think, it. Like I when she finally became champion. Sorry, go on. I, th- I think her time's come and gone. Maybe. Uh, see, I-, I disagree. I think she's that type of wrestler. You can put her in at any point, and she's she's a menacing force. It will work. But the she, she, I don't, I don't really ever feel like she needed uh, Vicky Vicky Guerrero as a manager. You know, especially one thing that annoys me. Just this is just a side note about you know wrestling and having a manager. What is the point? of having a manager who is supposed to be your mouthpiece when you just talk all over them all the time. Like, what right. is the point of that? And it's, it's not just, it's not just um, Vicky and, and Nyla. They, they, um, <laughs> Lance, Lance Archer with, with Jake the Snake Roberts. I remember there was, he's done it to him so many times, but there was a particular promo recently where Jake was doing his thing. And he was one of the best talkers back in the day. You know, one of the best heels, uh, just, sensational on the mic when you got a guy like that on the mic building your guy up building mystique you know creating crafting a story and then lance Archer just comes out of nowhere and goes oh no 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 about that oh no, 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 no. you know just and it, it just kind of it's, it's like it's like the equivalent of Let's say I'm I'm in a room in front of a bunch of people and I, I start making this really inspiring, wonderful speech and everyone's really engaged in it. And everyone's like, oh, looking with awe and inspiring. And then someone in the front row just cuts a really loud fart. <laughs> and then, and suddenly, you know, that really inspiring speech just means nothing because everyone's just looking at the the person who just farted in the front row and some people were laughing. Some people were just this awkward now, you know what I mean? That's how yeah. it feels every time a wrestler who's being represented by their manager interrupts their manager. Yeah. I think and the so only one that because you've got, go on. Uh, sorry. I, I think the only one that really got it right was Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar back in the day. Um, I did have a question about that. See, female wrestler. Here's the thing. Yeah. yeah let's, let's, um, let me just finish up on one point and let's circle back to that real quick. Like the reason it's always worked with Paul is that typically speaking, he'll lead, but it will depend on who he's representing. When it was CM Punk, he was more kind of there as a presence of like, oh, he's a Paul Heyman guy. He's he's supporting me. He's do you know what I mean? He he didn't yep. need to speak because punk punk was was and it was more like them as a duo and it it worked but you noticed that Heyman doubled down a little bit there on purpose because it would have been too convoluted if they were but i mean occasionally he would have spoken but you know that made sense there and paul was smart enough to recognize that and make that work with lesnar generally i mean lesnar lesnar can cut promos you know you go watch ufc early wwe on his career he can cut promos it's just that it's better if it's Heyman because the presentation at least classically has always been monster destroys everyone right so you have a mouthpiece 
And of course, you do the whole chicken, I won't swear, but you know what I'm going to say, thing with Heyman. Um, because he's that's what managers are supposed to do. That's what Jim Cornette used to do. That's what Bobby the Brain and Heenan used to do. You know, they're you know they the big talk, but then when push comes to shove, they run away scared, and you know that's the whole point. And, and they get their client the wins and etc. Um, and you'll notice with with uh, with Roman Reigns, he's kind of doing like a hybrid deal. Most of the time, he speaks for him. Sometimes he's just there for presentation. It depends what the goal of the particular promo is. Um, but they're not they're not like fighting to get the mic or, or shouting over each other, which is a lot of the time what I see with a lot of modern day managers being represented by a client. Uh, sorry, ma- representing a client. It's like if you're going to have a manager, let them talk for the person and don't interrupt them. You know, you can have the, the client talk, of course, but don't interrupt them when they're speaking for you. I just I don't get that. There's right up there with the interim belt thing i'm just like what's the point like <laughs> but anyway. i agree yep yep that's, that's i agree 100 <laughs> and, and i'm and i'm a old school like bobby heenan management elizabeth right. you know so yeah uh like yep. elizabeth she wasn't a talker so macho man did all the talking but no. it worked yeah because the 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 goal was different i mean she was more like a valet sort of, yep. but it was all in, you know, the work she would do in the ring, you know, like passing her client something in, in the, the ring, you know, like distracting a referee, like all these little tricks, you know, just basic stuff, you know, like it's like, okay, I'm not going to talk, but I'll be there for the for the presentation and to help my client win because we're the heels. Because that's the thing, managers typically represent a heel. You don't really have um, a manager representing a good guy. You can. But generally speaking, it's better if it's a heel because, you know, otherwise, if, if it's a baby face, the manager's going to kind of just stand there for like moral support, but not really do anything. Because obviously, if they interfere, that's heel. That's a heel move. And you don't want that. So it makes sense that the manager would be representing a heel and be a heel manager because then they can interfere and cause havoc and get their client to win. And we've seen it again and again and again and again. And we'll see it again and again and again in the future. But that's how it's best kind of portrayed, I reckon. Yeah, I agree. Uh it doesn't make any sense for a babyface to have a manager because babyface, you're not gonna slide a title belt in <laughs> for them to hit the heel or I mean there's so many things and, and you're absolutely yeah. right. It makes more sense for a heel have a manager yeah i mean you can sort of do it like if if it's like for a comedy gimmick it can work i, I seem to recall when um uh when uh, what's his name i can't remember dirty dutch represented um i think they called him zeb coulter or something in wwe <laughs> but he's dirty dutch um when he represented jack swagger i think he, he was a good guy and I think it was a, I think he was a good guy when he represented Alberto Del Rio. I could be wrong in that though. I wasn't really destroyed by her, or Britt Baker was getting destroyed by her. I just, I didn't get it, you know. And that's who they chose as their first women's champion as well. Well, that that was their first women's champion as well, which also is a head scratcher. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's it's yeah. going back to Nyla Rose, and uh, I don't know. Uh, let's say. It's like Captain America versus Kermit the Frog. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't Kermit buy it either. 
manages to beat the hell out of uh, Captain America with no no superpowers, nothing. He just convinced him. Yeah, I, I didn't. I remember you'd, you'd that. Be era. Like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Even though it's a film and it's a movie, but you'd be like, well, how? How did he do that? And if and if it was revealed that he was just, I don't know, somehow more powerful, but not because of super strength or anything like that, just somehow more powerful, it it would suck you out of it a little bit. You know what I mean? For real, yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is he? I didn't know that. Okay. I don't... I fully believe that, yeah. Like I I really think it hurt them to not have punk yeah, Danielson. Gosh, so many Do you know another one that was weird, which is is Kenny Omega still injured? Do you know? Like Well yeah, because he's been out now for like Oh, how long? At least well, I mean, I mean, he. I heard that he had to have a bunch of uh, yeah, it's gotta, surgeries. It, uh, yeah, it's got to have a story. It's got to have a middle. beginning, middle, and end. I agree, hundred percent. And it's got to the story's got to make it's sense. Just, it's bizarre to me. And I think all too often, it's, you know, one one of my things even, about the Forbidden Door that, uh, that like that, that I kind of don't like is there was a couple of things that you could tell Omega to be and maybe it was due to injury. You know, you got Daniel Bryanson injured, CM Punk. You've got a uh, Kyle O'Reilly even, injured like, now. Even just, um, just to show up, there. just to be there. I don't yeah, know, yeah, like, he's injured as well. He's beat up. Uh, so maybe Ricardo in the face to maybe set up something in the future. They just took you some know, stuff and threw it against I the wall to see if it he wasn't stick. there. And I'm just because like, a couple okay. of those and matches seem like I'm not even like a mega fan. I just know that he's uh, a big but deal overall, you know, I thought New Japan back in the day and Japanese wrestling, and he's a big reason why this is even happening right now you know this this event um so it just blew my mind mm -hmm. where is he yeah mm. my only for the injury that he sustained just, he's been I out mean, too we long know he's behind the scenes you know just uh, in general he's an evp he's he's got a lot to do but yeah, that was that was an odd one. Yeah, it was just um, compared to normal, like other yeah, people know, maybe, that had the maybe, same injury. I mean, I suppose uh, <laughs> the doors open. But so yeah, I did we'll hear that it was worse than the first event like that. I mean, overall, sorry, what was that? Door, I would say it was okay. <laughs> it was cool that we got to see two major wrestling companies working together. Um, I. Th think it's likely we'll see them work together again in the future which is also cool but it didn't it didn't like blow me away it just kind of felt like okay this is an okay wrestling show there was some some matches on the show that were excellent but a lot of them were just like okay if you like just to watch a bit of wrestling and you just want to see you know a, f a few 
interesting spots, then yeah, right. this is great. See, but, I am a big Omega I mean, fan. I don't know, and have been for a while. I'm all about that story. Um, I felt and like he was... was the face of New Japan for years. So you're absolutely right. I don't. I don't get it. We're just like even if Punk had been on the card, I get that. But even they could have done that with the people on the roster. I mean, most of these matches, there's not really much of a story going into them. Like there's some of them there are, but most of them are not. I mean, it's frustrating. I mean, just look at like the great story they were able to tell with Cody Rhodes and and Seth Rollins in WWE. That was three matches. And I, don't get me wrong. I know there were people that were like, oh, God, they're, they're already making him wrestle Seth for every, every minute. But that was supposed to be a long story. And it ended like very nicely and poetically. And, you know, and they did it well. They told it well. And um, it's, it's frustrating that he's he's injured. But we'll, we'll see him later. But point is, that's a good story. WWE, as you would expect, still creates a lot of good stories. And... Look, even AEW sometimes does it. I mean, one thing I, I think the, really applauded them for. Um, I, I the think the original, so the was, original was platform, the original storyline, before all these injuries, really was good. a lot better. But the problem is, I think that played a huge factor in this. And certain people, they really not going the off the quite quite the way they wanted. It's like, to. what's that? Like this. Blackpool Combat Club thing is a cool thing in concept, but one problem with it is that it just means that every single match that Danielson is involved in is a tag match, which is fine, but I mean, he, he's one of their best singles competitors. Do you know what I mean? Like, Craigie, when, when he... That's the thing, when he... Ca- and he right. tells great stories as well. That's the thing. They need more good storytellers. Samoa Joe has um has just joined AEW, right? One thing that always frustrated me in WWE was that they didn't give him more more main event stories. Like they gave him a good a, a really good story with uh, AJ Styles. And I loved it, you know, all the Wendy and all that stuff and there was this it was compelling. Uh, Samoa Joe is a very intimidating guy and and can really sell you on that story and sell you on on that authenticity. But there'll be a lot of people where it's very difficult to to believe them. There's a lack of believability. And believability is important. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. A lot of wrestlers always end up transitioning into that. It doesn't really surprise me. He's a very talented man. Um, Yeah, and... um, To be honest, it it brings a bigger issue, actually. What? Do I see him as a successful... Sure, why not? Maybe, you know. Yeah, I mean, I... I had my doubts about Batista and look at him now, you know, I think any, look, you know, the funny thing is actually like a lot of professional wrestlers are actually pretty damn good actors. And to be honest, it's not that surprising. 
I mean, they have to play these characters like often. And they're, think about it. They're constantly on television every single week, right? Essentially acting. And they're doing it all the time. And Samoa Joe is one of those. Cut their promo. He's one of those guys that uh, he's on AEW and Ring of Honor now. But as soon as he gets a title, he's on Peacock now uh, filming a series. Plenty of wrestlers that are terrible actors. Okay, I'm more of Samoa Joe. I like to see him as a wrestler than on the silver screen. No, it doesn't surprise me when when they become actors. Doesn't make any sense. And I think Samoa Joe could easily do that. I could easily see him as a bad guy or, you know, just. Yeah, but do you really. <laughs> yeah, I see that. I see that. Do you I, really I think, see I him? I think that's a good shout. I don't know. Breaking I'm, I'm in the Hollywood. Samoa Joe and I think there's a lot of. Yeah, I can, I can totally see really? that, man. I mean, I, and it's a natural thing. Look, I mean. Go on. No, I never played it. <laughs> well, you got to start, got to start somewhere. That's that's cool, man. No, good for him. Mm-hmm. Good for him. I mean, yep, he, he's winding down anyway. You know, he's he's close to forty, isn't? I think he's forty. Um, he's got one more full time run in him. Um. If he wants it, if he wants to go for it. Do, do you know, it brings a bigger question, actually. It begs a bigger question. Because, okay, I will say this. They've got quite a few people that could fill that Samoa Joe big guy type role. I mean, you've got, for instance, Miro. Uh, I was stunned that he didn't win the Transatlantic Championship. But then I kind of thought maybe they're saving him for the main event. But he's, he's a voice. He's he a voiceover lose. on an anim- animated cartoon. <laughs> yeah, but I, mean, I think that's by design. And I think also... I, I don't know. There's a couple of reasons. I reckon one, it's probably to do with the fact that they want to bring AEW to the UK, and they know they keep banging. So have you ever? Tony Khan did, keeps banging on about the fact that. Um, did you ever play the game AEW back in the day, Twisted big, Metal? You know, we're the number one wrestling company in the UK, and I don't know if he's okay. So that's right that's the that, game that this uh, series like is going to be based on, and he's the clown truck and in I the can game. Tell you now, so, I think, uh, for those of you that played the game, watch. <laughs> television wrestling on television here anymore like let, well television alone let alone wrestling on television uh, um because it, it plays on here it plays on what we call itv4 so we have itv and you might be familiar with uh, one of the major broadcasters but this is like the fourth channel uh <laughs> this is like an extras channel and that's what AEW plays on um and it's delayed as well so it's not even the most recent ones like you're better off just getting the app like the fight app or whatever and that's the thing most people watch their wrestling through apps now don't they you know i mean you got the wwe network here in the uk I was oh, there you go. Yeah. or the one, fight yeah. app if you want to watch various different types of wrestling um there's there's many different apps you know peacock in america like and and it's it's more convenient you know because you can watch it on demand and i'm i know you can do that with with on television but it just makes more sense to just pay for the app and you can just kind of watch whatever like you know new old current whatever it just makes more sense that way um go on
Yeah. <laughs> I reckon it's in the works. But the, I mean, I think a big factor is is building a library. You have to have a library of content. That's what buying ROH was. Which also, by the way, don't you find it hilarious that Ring of Honor was bought for five million and WCW was bought for like three million? <laughs> oh no, ten million! Ring of Honor was ten million, wasn't it? And WCW was three million. <laughs> yeah, I do as well. You think about like what the well, you know, that see that puzzle. That puzzles me. I mean, I, my guess is that he would. He's gonna do. I, do you know what I reckon he's probably trying to do? I reckon he's trying to get Ring of Honor to get TV. Um, but he's probably not uh, got it yet because he he will need to convince them that it's strong enough. Maybe he's trying to do it with with. You know, you uh, speaking about apps, uh, uh, that brings up provider. a good point. Um, I would love to see AEW do something that like the WWE does. Like I pay this subscription Um, to Peacock in order to watch every single pay-per-view. I pay it every month, whether there's a pay-per-view or not. Um, And uh, I really think AEW needs to do something of that nature. Do you know what I mean? Like for instance, when, when WWE bought uh, WCW, people may or may not remember this, but uh, at the beginning of the invasion angle, they did uh they were wrestling in i think new york actually and they instead of and the next week they were in atlanta which is hilarious they should have just done the match the next week in atlanta when the crowd would have been hot yeah. but they did it in like new york or whatever and, and tony khan's done right. nothing with and it they had one was, pay-per-view uh famously he's done nothing with versus it. um buff bagwell two great wrestlers but they're not the key people in wcw that people wanted to see you know, people wanted to see like Sting and and Hogan or or whoever, you know. Um, but, you know, they just couldn't get that at the time. But their original plan, and the reason I bring this up, is that they were, WWF was originally, or WWE is originally going to go for like a WCW as, as, a, as a second brand. Originally, it was supposed to be WWF and WCW. And that's what that was. That was, I mean, that's oh, why in that particular episode and during that main event, all of the light graphics, the stuff on the Titan Tron, everything was WCW because they were trying to basically say to the TV company, like, hey, this is what you would be buying if you would, you know, let us have an, uh, another show. We could sell you this show. It would be WCW, whatever, Friday night, Monday night, whatever, you, you know. Uh, and they wouldn't go for it. And I don't know why. There's probably other reasons for that, but I wager probably one of the biggest reasons is that all the wrestlers that they had acquired at that time were not like the the elite tier, if you like, or the main event guys that had been in the WCW picture. You know, you had no flair. You had this. So you had flair, but you, you know. right. I mean, yeah. What it's it's not just it's not just it's not just that. Some of them didn't want to come. He offered Sting several contracts, but Sting didn't want to come. Um, so some of them, and some of them were happy to stay at home and wait out their contracts. You know, that that's what they wanted to do. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like if you've been wrestling for like let's say 10, 15 years at that point or 20 years for some of them. And, you know, 
you're being offered like two million a year to stay at home for two years, three years. I mean, <laughs> why? Unless unless WWF can offer you more, which they were not going to do, why would you? You know, and some some of them chose to do that. I mean, Booker T was an example of that. He could have sat in his contract, but he chose to take a risk, go for less, and get opportunity, and it, it paid off for him. Um, but it probably it probably wouldn't have paid off. Right. Yeah, the WCW. The WCW elite wrestlers were on these crazy contracts. Yeah, what? what uh, and they, they could do whatever they want. I mean, so I Vince wouldn't, would he wouldn't buy their contract. That's why it took and, so long um, to get Sting and Hulk Hogan in, over in, on the WWE. In WWE, you probably people like Reigns might have something like that, um, but who knows? But yeah, no. The re- the reason I bring this up um, is that. That's your example of of like the last time that they tried yeah, to sell they, something. To yeah, they had a I mean, uh, they had a golden TNA deal, that, but like <laughs> on the major scale, you know. And WCW was like a whole big brand that had existed for many years and had some weight to it because of the tape library and because of what it previously was. Once upon a time, it was a big deal. You know, at one point, it was even beating WWE. But when it comes to Ring of Honor, I mean, Ring of Honor, it had, it began the careers of many successful wrestlers and it featured some, some great matches, but it's never been like, yeah. And it wasn't so much just the money. It's been a great, it wasn't just the money, uh, like Hulk Hogan and them, they had like creative control, which is unheard of even today in those type of contracts. It's not WWE, it's not WCW, it's not TNA, it's not any of those, you know? And that's yes. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I mean, that would also make sense because that largely was what ROH was for a long time. Like, don't get me wrong; they put on their own pay per views and you know, they put on great events and stuff. I mean. Punk Samoa Joe, for instance, um, yeah, lots of lots of great stuff. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not like they didn't produce anyone good or have like, great events. It's just that at this point, where they're at now, and who they've got. I mean, it's a no-brainer because yeah, they've got so many people on that roster. It's ridiculous, and they don't have the time to put them all on television. And it, that's why I'm looking at Rampage like what is this show because another thing as well is that they use the same people on each show so like people that are already getting regular tv matches or regular appearances uh-huh. on dynamite are also getting them on the same week on rampage and rampage is a 50 minute show and they typically will have like three matches on there right my my advice um, on ring of honor to tony Khan will be like really has fun. always been and he should turn ring of honor well. <laughs> into an nxt like a development well, show yeah and then have that's, them move up you know what i mean the like they do like he, with nxt he, it's funny because with wwe when they first did that yeah they had to do it for, ironically for the same reason because they had so many people that they got from wcw and that was really the only way they could give everyone a chance at getting some tv time so yeah, you're hundred percent right, and I mean, he, he's got a third brand. He could do three Daniels. brands if he wanted to, but he needs to get the TV time. And I would wager that Rampage probably they've probably signed the contract for a certain amount of time to be at that length. And maybe he could 
I, re- I reckon maybe there's something in 2023 because the, the contracts are normally that two or three years, aren't they? So when would he have signed it? Like, Well, that's see, that's the problem is because it's you're right. It, and it doesn't you, you, you can to be honest with you, you can skip Rampage and not really miss a thing. Because a lot of the time they'll recap stuff that happened on Dynamite anyway. Um, it just it, it feels a bit like what SmackDown used to be in like the 2010s. Yeah, he needs to do a brand split. It's just like the recap show for Raw. He needs to split them. <laughs> it's just really, the so like, or like like is, do, you, do you know what Ramp, Rampage is like? Main event. What main event used to be? I'm apparently main event. Go on. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, it's treated the same way, and it's stupid. Like, I mean, if you're gonna have TV time, like, use it well. Um, but I don't know. Tony seems to think that he everything he does is is gold, and I don't know if that's he, him just marketing and trying to be like, this is brilliant, this is effective, da, 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 or if he really believes that. Rampage feels rushed to me. Yeah. You know, the whole show, every well, show I, I watch, know. it just I, feels like it's see, rushed. I don't know that he's necessarily a brilliant businessman either. I mean, apparently, AW is losing money and has done since the inception. And he bought Ring of Honor for ten million. He, I mean, he's spending more than he's earning. You know, I mean, I, I mean, this is just this. This is what yep. apparently, like, you know, Mike Johnson, the PW Insider, and and the Observer will say that, that he's been losing money for for like since the inception, which blows my mind that you know the company's been going now for <laughs> nearly four years, and they're not making any profits. I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, that I know it, it that reminds me of uh, they're private, so you can't see them. It reminds me of WCW Thunder. <laughs> in the few financials that have been released, that's what the story. They used to come on Thursdays, and it's just like okay. Oh really? A partner for what? Like, what, what exactly? In in what regard? I didn't know about this. If if he would just stay away from, if he'd stay away from creative, I'd be fine because he's a great businessman. But just stay away what? from creative. What are you talking about? In what what? No, what's what's I mean I heard rumblings of this, but what exactly is the deal, the nature of the deal? Right. Yeah, he he's trying to build a future. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Well, they they cool. they took on a partner I, if I was because Warner, of that, yeah, Warner like, Brothers. So, MJF, yeah, that really that's excited. that's exactly why they took them on as a partner. He's like one of, he's like one of the few remaining things that keeps it exciting. A partner for that's, AEW. That's the with, they're with they're partners now these days. Uh, that's what uh, MJF. When you watch his pipe bomb, that that's what he was. That's who he was talking to because the board members be from Warner Brothers was actually level, at that show. <laughs> all you would see is just 
you know, so yeah, Tony and uh, spots. And yeah, stuff. do you know what I mean? You didn't There's know that no story and no controversy. Yeah, like you need that stuff. Like people laugh and joke at like Jericho and stuff, and look, not not everything okay, so, he does is great. But at least uh, he's trying the to way they've done it is it's not a publicly and, like, traded company. Like, but Tony Khan did go out and he uh, and he that. made like, this deal with Warner Brothers Communication he's trying to, get uh, to buy so many good, it so, such a large I don't know what part, but such like you know, I, mean, I don't know twenty thirty percent of AEW to help with the cash flow. That of course is going to get headlines, but another way to do it. Is to create controversy, and their board of and directors is, was actually there visiting for the first time and watching the you know, show live. Like the is when uh, Sorry, MJF did the pipe that's, bomb. That's the reality, you know. And he's he really he really means it, and it's he's a clever he's a clever little businessman. MJF, he knows what he's doing, you know, because <laughs> he he it's all yeah, it's all going to benefit him either way you look at it, you know, because he's positioning himself to where he looks good for WWE, if that's his route. Um, they're not going to fire him. I mean, the worst worst thing they could do to, to MJF right now is keep him off television and everyone forgets about him. But the funny thing is, like, you can't forget about a character like that. And oh, people absolutely. are just going to be like, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? You know, same as they are with Sasha Banks right now. You know, because the whole speculation right now is, well, is she fired? Is she been released? The latest rumors suggest she's been released, but has she? No one knows. And it's just like... It's like trying to keep a lid on a, a really loud explosion. Like you just can't. <laughs> oh, is it for definite now? Yeah. I don't know. Because the last time I looked it, the last time I looked it, it seemed to suggest that well, the last time I looked, it seemed to suggest that it was like um, suggested, but it wasn't oh, 100% I agree. official. So you're saying it? He said it was official then, 100. percent Yeah, I, I agree. Damn! Wow, they're gonna regret that one. Ugh. She could, yeah, but again. It goes back to the previous problem that we spoke about. They sign everyone, but then they don't have enough time for them all. You know, you need... you need. <sighs> okay, hypothetically, let's say they sign Sasha Banks, right? Well, we know she's not going to come in as Sasha Banks, so it's going to be Mercedes, Fernando, or whatever her name is, right? Or something yeah, like well, Okay, and that's fine. Uh, Dave Meltzer, honest, he, he, really a big he announced that she's been officially um, released. You know, I, I forget He's pretty spot on on that. Neville, uh, you know, John Walker's used yeah. to be Dean Ambrose. It doesn't matter. Uh, but he's... Uh, um, and you soon forget. What was that? <laughs> oh, what did they do to my boy? <laughs> uh, do you know at least, at least it, yeah he came out uh two weeks ago and said it was official that uh wwe has released Sasha Banks. And nothing on naomi yet it must be very frustrating to be in that position where you're a fantastic wrestler oh my goodness and if tony khan does not look, pick her up people are he's a fool because she is she could be the face of that company all, just walking in and be the face really she's that big of a star like i don't even know how to describe that gimmick really it's it's I mean, it was it was kind of 
it was kind of cool in the sense that, uh, of how they presented it. Because I noticed in the last year, w- I will give them credit on one thing. They've been trying a lot of different things lately. like, And some of them fail, some of them don't. But they're at least trying new things. And the, the new thing that they were trying is, oh, you know him by a different name, yep. but we know him as Butch. So they were not saying like his name is not Pete Dunne. They were just saying, we call him Butch. And it was kind of cool. It was almost like a, yeah, call me Butch. That's who I am. Yeah, and I like to fight. At least Basically, it's not the same company. It's not going to be Butch. <laughs> I like to fight, you know. Um, and that's fine. But then they started doing the whole tantrum thing. Pete, Pete Dunne. I, I love Pete Dunne in like, NXT. What? Why is in, he on the NXT top UK. Tantrum? I don't know this? why they did that. You know? I mean, and I don't know. Maybe I'm being too harsh. I mean, I remember Christian doing it back in the day with DDP, and it was kind of funny. But I don't know. Got to be. It's, it's different. I mean, Chris, Christian... I don't know. Like sometimes when I look at these criticisms, I... go on, go on, go on, go on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe you could make the argument like, oh, you know, he he's his friend, so he sort of takes it from his friend and it's like tough love or something but yeah sooner or later you're just gonna bite back and like start punching them aren't you and there was one segment i do recall where he did sort of fight back a little bit but nothing really came of it um and a lot of these gimmicks lately in in the last sort of six months or so they wwe has been throwing a lot of stuff at the wall and just seeing what sticks and i mean some of it's great the ezekiel kevin owens thing we spoke about that earlier that's kind of fun um, I don't know what else really just off the top of my head, but there's been, there's been some some interesting things they've tried. Yeah, as soon as and, uh, yeah, I mean, bah, I don't know. Oh no, oh, you're you're, you're not he being hard at all. He interfered. Uh, Boyd sucked me out of it. Oh, who was no? That was it. He was helping the Miz. Uh, I was just going to say what um, sucked me yeah, out of it was uh, oh, having. Having an athlete like was Pete Dunne and Samus that was it. slapping him. That would be a fun match. And I, I just, Tampa, and, he's, and he doesn't do anything. It's just, you know, it, I mean, it's Trump not Pete Dunne. Main roster you know? now. Give him all the fun matches. Why not? He's a great worker. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> Come on, that's not going to happen. He's just, he's just like, uh, is is bodyguard or something isn't he it's it's i, I don't think he'll, he'll be paired with them I, I think it will be more just they'll probably transition away from the miz because don't forget the miz tv it just sets up things he antagonizes people but he's not always necessarily part of that storyline they're probably just pushing or facilitating a feud between champa and stars i mean maybe i'm wrong maybe they will do something with but i don't know i can't see it and what are they doing with Champa? Oh, uh, another sorry. great wrestler from NXT. Yeah. Well, I think they're pushing for Theory Cena at SummerSlam, probably, aren't they? What are we in June? When's SummerSlam? Because you've got money in the bank first. So SummerSlam's in August, is it? It was. Mm hmm. Yeah. Can't believe it. 
Yeah, he's awesome. I just, uh, I don't want to see him become a Miz <laughs> protege, you know. I mean, the Miz beat Lashley. <laughs> the Miz, the Miz beat Lashley and became WWE champion. That happened. That was a thing yeah, that what... happened. <laughs> oh, Drew McIntyre. Did he? I thought he beat uh, Lashley. That's right. I got it. But well, still, how is he beating Drew McIntyre? It's Drew McIntyre. Come on. There's a guy they built well, actually. There's a guy they built well. They built Drew McIntyre very well. Yeah, I don't he, either. He it, it started out with him attacking him Austin a, a Theory. A guy. And he feels and then, every time uh, he comes out. I don't know. Now he's on uh, AJ Styles, so it's interesting. I, I, see, I, see, I see other people soon. Yeah. Yeah, well, you can have that feud between him and Bobby Lashley no, now. No so. <laughs> that's a phrase. And I think that's the way yeah. to get the belt off of him. Yeah, good, you good know they're not going to put him over Bobby well. Lashley, so. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> that's true. That, you, you're, you're very correct about that. I did. I'm terrified, man. I'm hiding now. <laughs> No, he beat. Oh, we'll be. Wait a minute now. He beat uh, uh, the Scottishman with the help of Lashley, sure. and then Lashley beat him for the title. Drew McIntyre. Yeah, man. Uh, well, first of all, thank you very much for having me on again, and I uh, can't wait for us to just keep. Bobby Lashley helped him about modern wrestling for better or worse. <laughs> um, so thank you, and uh, yeah, you can you can find me. I'm I'm by the way, I'm an aspiring actor, voice actor, podcaster, musician, jack of all trades, master of none, and you can find me. Yeah, he's a great wrestler. PK Reeve official on TikTok and Instagram. Yeah, and he can talk can on the mic too, so that helps him out a lot. Christian it was good that he went away into YouTube, the independence Spotify, and then came back. Google Podcasts, uh, it just uh, made him more valuable. And uh, you can just find me on the internet. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. So, um, <laughs> I was wondering if you're going to catch the machine gun. <laughs> Not hiding underneath your desk now. <laughs> Well, um, so, uh, Christian, do you want to go ahead and give out some of your socials? Uh, so we, we're getting ready to wrap things up here for the day. Absolutely. Yeah, and you can also find him right here every Monday on Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. Now, I do want to make a quick announcement. Uh, we do have two special guests that will be with us this Friday. Happy to be on board. Uh, and they are from Blocks, B-L-O-K. 
KK Talk Podcast. <laughs> you can also find <laughs> them anywhere that uh, you can find podcast platforms. Uh, and it's uh, Boogie and TJ. They will actually be here at separate times. But uh, I was on these folk, these guys' show uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, they are absolutely sports fanatics. And I think you guys will enjoy them. And uh, don't forget us here uh, every Monday with Christian Reeves and also every Friday. And most of our Friday shows, we will have other special guests on, mainly for updates and so forth of that nature. And if you get a chance and you're into that politics stuff, check us out at the Red Pill Current News Podcast. As always, on social media, TikTok and all that, it's the Kentucky Guy or Kentucky Guy 80. KY Guy 80, not Kai Guy. <laughs> but a uh, Kentucky guy or Kentucky guy 80. So, uh, yeah, that's about all the time we do have today. Uh, Christian, I just want to say, man, you are a welcome, uh, to the team here. Uh, really looking forward to see what we do. And, uh, the future looks bright, my friend, very bright. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, guys, so thank you so much, and you guys have a fantastic rest of your week. You've been listening to Against the Mat Current Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. Thank you.